Good morning. It's good to be with you again and to share some things that the Lord has put upon my heart for us to, to encourage us and help us to keep our hearts and minds stayed upon Him. I ask uh, Scott or Joe, one of the two, when I have five minutes left, let me know. <laughs> because otherwise, I might keep going. It's uh, good to be with you today, but you know something that's even greater? To belong to the Lord. To know that we are His, not just for today, but for eternity. To know that, you know, with all the problems, everything that's going on out here in the world, that we belong to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He's in charge. He's in control. And we can believe Him to use our lives and help us to walk with Him daily in a way that is pleasing to Him. It's, uh, I'll just throw this in. Treat me nice, because Pastor Gary asked me to come back next week, too. <laughs> And you don't want an angry turtle up here, right? <laughs> I uh, have enough uh, thoughts on my mind I want to share with you. One thing that hit me, you know that second song that we sang? Second hymn, Take My Life and Let It Be. I'm afraid far too many Christians are doing that very thing. Lord, take my life, but let it be. They want to know that they're saved and gone to heaven. But as far as serving him or doing what he wants them to do, this is my life. I want to live it the way I want to. Thank God for what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us and paying for our sins on the cross of Calvary. As you know, out where we lived in the jungle for so many years, and uh, then even after we come home uh, from the field, we went back for several years for like a month at a time. And uh, just to see the Christians growing, the ones that had come to Christ. If you remember, when we first went there, no one knew that tribal language but the tribal people. And any time you went into their territory, you were the enemy. Because the only ones that came in before were people that wanted to make use of them, or to kill them, or to steal their wives, or anything they might have. And so we just saw God's faithfulness from those early days. To see his faithfulness and little by little getting the word, their language that is. Uh, no one outside of their tribe knew that language. We couldn't even come in and, and talk to them from day one. You see someone coming, what do we do in English? You see someone say, hi. Well, you don't wave your hand because you're sending evil spirits after them. And they're thinking, not only that, but as we would see them coming, We'd say hi. Hi in their language means fish. <laughs> Every time they come in, we say fish. <laughs> well, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? And so it took us a long time to learn this. But then later, at the same time, when they would leave, we'd say bye. Bye means lake. And they probably went home and they'd lay in their ground there and their uh, boates and uh, thinking about it. And they probably think, boy, those guys must want to go fishing or something all the time. I'm always talking about the lake and the fish. <laughs> but by the grace of God, we were able to get the language and eventually give them the gospel. We had uh, taught them a new song in their tribal language after we had some believers. And one night, now it was a couple of years before we had any believers. One evening, Betty and I had gone to bed. Now, it's hot 
hot, hot, hot in jungle. 125, 130 is not unusual. And uh, so you go to bed quite early without electricity of any kind. Uh, you don't have any lights to stay up and study with. A little kerosene light, but that didn't help too much, you know. But uh, nevertheless, we did. But one evening after giving him this new Christian course, Betty said, listen a minute, listen. And here, one of the tribal mothers that had come to the Lord now was teaching her little daughter the new course, and she wanted her to know how to sing it. Wow, we rejoice. Thank you, Lord, for the work you're doing in their hearts. Not us, but you, Lord. And then one night, a little bit later, we went to bed because it's quite dark already. You go to bed 8, 9 o'clock because next morning, as soon as the sun comes up, 5 o'clock, they're going to be outside your window calling for you. Well, this is at night. It's unusual for the Aldonans to be traveling around at night because of the evil spirits that they were always so fearful of. But we were, shh, shh, tiny bee, tiny bee, it's okay, honey. Hey, hey, are you there? Tatatolo, that's my tribal name. Tatatolo, Mija, Tawini Kepulsa, are you sleeping? I said to Biddy, as, as we waking up again, I said, I better go out and check because we knew they'd be there the whole evening if we didn't. So I went out, and here's Tataboda. He's a man that came to the Lord even through, through the years. He could never read nor write in any language. You could give him, oh, it could be a booklet, it could be the songbook. You could give to him upside down. He would sit there and look at it and sing with the others, for example, if it was a hymn book. But he didn't know he had it upside down because he'd never seen paper and paper pencil before. And uh, here this is Boda out there. Boda had come to Christ now after some se severe things in his life happened and uh, thought he was going to be killed. He's the one I told you just a terrible, terrible chanting going on. And this tribal lady came up the trail. I said, what's wrong? She pointed with her lips. Said Tataboda, he's dying. I said, What? I mean, he was a young, strong, healthy fellow, one of their bravest warriors. He said, He's dying. I said, What do you mean? She went through the motions. He was cutting down a tree and it fell and hit him. He's dying. I said, Oh, Betty, I said, I better go out and see what's going on. She said, You want the medical kit? And I maybe told you some of this before, but. And I said, There's no use taking it because I don't know what's going to be wrong. I didn't know whether to expect his ribs sticking out through his chest, broken leg, broken arm, smashed skull. I didn't know what was gonna, I was going to find. I said, I'll find out what's wrong first, and I'll come back and get what I need. So I trotted out there, and Boded was covered from the toes right up to here with a bark blanket, not knowing the Lord at that time. And we didn't have a word for God in their language because they had no word for God, no word for Jesus, no word for thank you. And so as we, I got out there, Boda was laying there in just a terrible-looking mess, the slobbers and mucus and spit from his mouth and nose running down across him, and just shaken and pitiful situation. Tataboda. Tataboda. His real name is Tataboda Wawi, but we cut it down to Tataboda. <laughs> you can see why. I said, what's wrong? And he went through the motions, too. He just got his hand out. He's cutting a tree down and hit me. I'm dying. Oh, man. 
Bowden, I'll skip some of the story. But finally I said to him, Bowden, can I look? Okay, so I pulled the bark blanket down. Thankfully, nothing around his throat, no bones sticking out through his chest or anything, no ribs broken, down to the stomach, and on down. And finally, on top of his thigh, there's a scratch about that long. And I'm thinking, what's the wrong? Then I realized the Lord, I didn't realize the Lord reminded me, Turtle, you're thinking of the physical. And they believed, and their tribe did, believe that when that tree hit him, that the evil spirit of the tree entered in into him and it would kill him. Well, Buddha, I'm going to talk to the one who made everything and ask him to help you. Okay. So I did. I prayed as much as I could in his language and filled some of it in with English, really, because we're still at that stage. So then I left, committing him to the Lord. About an hour or so later, he came in just as happy and as fristful as everything. He was okay with that. The Lord answered prayer. Hey, we serve the faithful God of the Bible. Amen? <laughs> to know that he is the true living God and he reigns. He's in control. And even in situations like this, he wants them to know the truth and to walk in that truth. Well, again, cutting the story short, after some other episodes in his life and his mother dying and a few other things where he blamed, he blamed the missionary, he blamed his own people, he blamed God. Now he had just become a Christian a few weeks before that. And now on his way back, there's some, it's getting dark. He left from where he was to go over and be, a, be alone because he's mad at everyone. Just send some, some time alone. And he went to where one of their old villages were and uh, where they had some crops at a plant and there's a few things there. So he decided after several days or a week to come back. Coming back to trail and there ahead of him, it's getting dark. And there ahead of him was several jaguar on the trail. Man, he said, I got scared. He said, I didn't know what to do. He said, you can't outrun a jaguar. And besides that, that was one of their main gods, who they believe had spirits living in them. And he said, I didn't know what to do. But now, remember, Boda had just come to the Lord a short time before this. And when Boda got back to our camp, he was telling us this story when it happened. And he said, as I, I didn't know what to do. And he said, then it was just like, like God spoke to me. I said, Boda, don't be afraid. I'm with you. You're okay. He said, okay, so I headed down the trail. And Jack Rose took off. <laughs> is God able, isn't he? Well, then that's not the end of the story. Now it's getting darker in the back that he's carrying with some of the food he brought from their whole garden. He's bringing it back to, to the others, to his family for food. And after this, just about dark now, on the trail in front of him, all 20, 30 yards away, went a bunch of the Ashaikana. What's the Ashaikana? evil spirits. And he said they were, he didn't know how many there were, but they was out there dancing on the trail and singing and hollering evil things. He said, man, I was really afraid. He said, I know if you can't outrun a jaguar, you sure can't outrun a spirit. <laughs> and he said, again, he said, I, I was so, so frightened. And he said, again, just like God spoke to my heart, 
Bolda, don't be afraid. I am with you. You're not alone. He said, okay, Lord. And bravely, he walked on the trail, and the Ishai kind of all disappeared. He got back to camp, and we were in the middle of the meeting. He came in to share with the folks, and he gave his testimony what happened. And he says, if you're here and you haven't taken Jesus, their word for salvation, he said, if you haven't taken Jesus, you need to do that. He will be with you. We got word last week. Matter of fact, just a couple of days ago, I shouldn't feel sad about it. Bold, I want to be with the Lord. Praise the Lord. So with this, as we think about this, to know that our God is faithful and he wants us to know him and he wants those people out there that have never heard of him before to know him, to walk with him, to love him. So both of us the Lord now, rejoicing in the presence of the one who saved him. He says, God is faithful. Well, uh, that's, that's out in our jungle life and things that happen there. Let me say this. I made my first appearance on planet Earth over 85 years ago. Yeah, over 85 years ago. I was uh, born to parents that knew and loved the Lord, and they wanted their children to know him too. And uh, we had home Bible studies. Back at that time, there were no televisions. Maybe that was a good thing. <laughs> But uh, we did have a radio, and there's a preacher on there. He had one to call Radio Talks for Children. And any time he come on, our parents gathered us together and had us listen to him because his messages was always so clear and understanding. And so with that, sitting on my mother's knee many times because I was still just a small kid, Jesus became my friend. And I say my friend because I really appreciated the stories that we heard from this radio preacher. By the way, that's where I got my first name, Meredith, that was his name, Meredith Stanley. And my parents appreciated what he had to say so much that when I was born, they named me after him. Well, as uh, I realized that later on, but then later on, Jesus not only became my friend, but my savior, when I personally received him as my savior. And boy, you know what? There seemed like there's a burning in my heart that I wanted to tell other people about it, whoever they were, to let them know that Christ died for them. Well, it so happened that uh, along this time, as I said, he was now my savior. And when I was probably 13, I attended a youth meeting in a church. First time I ever went to one like that. And you know what the leader asked? Like Scott did today, anyone have anything you want to say about the Lord? A testimony. And boy, just inside I was churning. I wanted to tell someone about Christ. I wanted to let them know that I had trusted him as my savior. And so I stood up. The leader says, anyone have a testimony? And I stood up after a while, shaken inside. And the only thing I could say was, I don't know much about this but I know that I belong to Jesus and he belongs to me. 
and sit down. Finally, the butterflies quit fluttering around so much, and I was able to continue on. You know, I, I had uh, a thought here the other day that, uh, you know, I said over 85 years ago, uh, I was born. That doesn't mean I'm old. It means I'm ancient. <laughs> and, and I share these things with you that uh, might encourage your heart to just keep walking with the Lord. Allow him to use your life. It might be someone that you know very dearly, a friend. But tell someone about Christ. To me, I think the one of the greatest things the new Christian can do and should do. Number one, thank the Lord for their salvation. And number two, go and tell someone. Tell someone. It doesn't matter who it is, really. It might be, tell someone that you got saved, that you know Jesus. And I told you about my first testimony, and I told you about Bode and his testimonies. But uh, you know when he says in Matthew, well, 5, 16, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Let me ask this. Is that light and that desire, that fire, still burning in your heart today? Still burning in your heart that you want to let someone else know that you know Jesus? I mean, it might be a parent. It might be a, a brother or sister, one of your siblings. It might be a boyfriend, a girlfriend, or a spouse. But let someone know that you know Christ. If you know that much, it might encourage them, well, well boy, that's why you're different. That's why you're so nice to me, or whatever the case might be. That's why you don't do all the things we do. You don't curse and swear and drink and all those kind of things. Let them know. Let them know what Christ has done for you. I told you about Boda there, and he said to let our light shine for his glory. And so there's a couple of things I think we ought to let people know. My scripture this morning, mainly that I want to look at, and several different ones, First one's in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 9. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee wherever thou goest. I don't really believe that God just put that there for Joshua's sake. I believe that's applicable to every believer today. To be strong as he commanded and of good courage, not to be afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord God is with thee wherever thou goest. Hey, that's a promise that we can stand on. When we're here in church, he's with us. But don't leave him here when you leave. Remember, he's with you wherever you go. Out on the job, and boy, how we praise the Lord for the our policemen, the first responders, and the, uh, those that go out there, the servicemen and women. And thank the Lord for each one of them, that they're willing to put their life on the line that we might be free. Thank the Lord for each one of them. Don't forget to pray for them. I uh, was so proud of my son. Uh, he just got back from, from out west. He went out to take a plane apart and put it in a shipping cart, carton and ship it to Georgia, and he'll be leaving a few days to get on and put it back together and refurbish everything that needs refurbished on it, getting it ready to fly to Bolivia. And, uh, but he told me, 
He was in a restaurant somewhere along the way. Two policemen sitting there eating. And he said to the waitress, hey, when they get their bill, bring it to me. I want them to know we appreciate them. He said, don't tell them. Just give me their bill. <laughs> well, you see, that's how real the Lord wants to be to us. And with Joshua there, or, uh, yeah, it says uh, not to be afraid. Don't worry about these things. In Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6, verses that you know, I'm sure. Let your manner of life be without covetousness and be content with such things that you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Again, no matter where you go, what you do, he's not going to leave you alone. Boda realized on the trail when he was scared, scared like we probably never met a fear like that. And he said, God says, don't be afraid, I'm with you. You're not alone. And here he tells us, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that we, hey, who are we talking to today? You and I. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do unto me. Yeah, as bad as the viruses is going around and everything the fear mongers tell us and boy, all the different things that we hear about it. And yet, Christian, we don't have to be afraid. God is still in control. He's still in charge of your life and my life. Uh, in the Old Testament, there's one of the guys who says, I don't know when I'm going today. I don't know the day of my death. Well, we don't either. But we don't have to worry about it now. It's while we're living that we can be a blessing and a testimony to one another. And then in verse 15 of the same chapter there in Hebrews, he says, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of God or of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. You know, our walk with the Lord is, thankfully, not just a Sunday morning walk. Not just to show up for church and Sunday school, and that's all it is. But to walk with them daily, no matter where we go or what we're doing. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, a couple of verses there I'd like to read. I'll start with verse, well, verse 12. In the times past, you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Now get to the next verse. But now in Christ Jesus, you are once who are far off or made near by the blood of Christ. And verse 14, for he is our peace, who have broken down uh, both, have broken down the wall, middle wall of partition between us. Christian, we belong to God now. We're his. And like I said in that early testament, I didn't know much about it. I belong to Jesus and he belongs to me. To know that we're walking with him hand in hand, or should be. And it might be like that song I said the second one we sang. Too many people are saying, take my life and let it be. Let me alone, Lord. And you don't think Christian can say the blood I've spoken to Christians really and want to talk to them about the Lord and say, oh, we don't want to talk about that now. We've got other things to do. And sometimes we find that attitude in Christians. 
One fellow we've been witnessing to for off and on for a couple of years, my son and I. And he said, and I found the same thing. We get so far. And he says, well, I pray. Well, that's good. And Dave was pointing out to him, it's not just a matter of praying, but knowing Christ as our personal Savior. And to know that we have that privilege. There were I read in Joshua. Do you think that's only for Joshua? That promise where he tells us to be strong and and uh, I command you to be strong. And Do you think that was just, just for Joshua here? I don't. I think it's applicable to every believer. To you, to me. And that we can take this promise and, and walk on the truth of it. Um, we may not see the walls of Jericho fall like Joshua did, but we can see the walls of fear and unbelief crumble in our own hearts and lives. Lord, I'm not trusting you in this matter. I'm trying to handle it myself. No, like Boda did. Hey, God says, don't be afraid. I'm with you. And he kept pressing on. We can do the same thing with all the fears and all the things that's coming in our lives. Just to leave them with the Lord and keep on walking. Well, the things of the world will still try to grip us. But remember, we've been made new. 2 Corinthians 5.17, he says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Boy, what a place to be, huh? What a place to be. Great to be right here right now. But thankfully that when we walk out the door, we don't leave the Lord here. He's still with us. He will still be with us to accompany us no matter where we go, whenever we do. No matter what the fears are in life, no matter what, what we're facing. And I don't know your fears and you don't know mine. But God does. And we can pray and stand, stand for each other. Uh, the first uh, John in chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, he tells us, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For all that is in the world is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. It is not of the Father, but of the world. And it's going to pass away. We'll put it that way. You want proof of that? Psalms 37, verses 12 through 13. He tells us there about the wicked. Now get this. He says the Lord will laugh at them. Because he knows their day is coming. You want further proof? Go to the book of Luke, chapter 16. The rich man and Lazarus. Man, rich man that had everything you would think a person would want in his life. But he didn't have the Lord. And Lazarus, so weak and miserable, hungry, he laid at the gate of the rich man, desiring the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. What condition was this beggar in? Might we say so weak that he couldn't even chase the dogs away? They came and licked his sores? That's pretty low. But then it says, get this, the beggar died and was carried by the angels into the bosom of Abraham. Now the sad part, the rich man also died and was buried. Then it says, and in hell, he lifted up his voice in torment. And he looked and at that time, the way, and we won't go into all that today because it's a study in itself. 
but he's in the bosom of Abraham. He said, Father Abraham, send Lazarus that he would put his finger in water and put it on my tongue for I'm tormented in this flame. Wow. That was his reward for re rejecting the Lord. That he put his finger. But you know what? A couple thousand years ago, this story was given to us. That rich man is still waiting for that drop of cool water for his tongue. And Abraham assured him, he said, no, the people are there can't come here and the ones here won't go there. And the rich man says, but I have five brothers at home. Let them go to my house and warn them so they don't come to this place of torment. No, he says that they will not believe the word. And what Moses said in the commandments, they won't believe the word. Then they won't believe even if the rich man went, uh, even if a dead person went and told them. Man, you and I have been so privileged. How many books in the Bible? 66, huh? 66 books in the Bible, 31,173 verses. We ought to be able to find something in that to comfort our hearts in the time of crisis and rejoice in his wonderful love. Uh, to back this up, the Lord tells us, Matthew 28, 20, after the resurrection, after Jesus come back and commission the disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel, you know what Jesus said? Applicable to us too, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. What a companion, what a helper, what a blessing to know him and to have the privilege of walking with him. So by faith, we keep on going, keep on Keep on letting him work in our hearts and lives. Well, let me say this before I forget it. The rich man wasn't in hell because he was rich. It was because he had rejected God and God's word. The poor man wasn't in heaven because he was poor. But he believed God and accepted what God said in his word. And I think we need to make that distinction because sometimes we might think, well, Rich men go to hell because they're rich. No, that's not why people go to hell. It's because they reject God and his message. And that doesn't mean that all poor people go to heaven. It's what to do with Christ. You know, we don't need to prove ourselves. As, no one gave me the five minutes yet, so I still got time. <laughs> uh, we don't need to prove ourselves. Just walk with the Lord, huh? Remind ourselves, that he tells us in Romans 8, 37, that we're more than conquerors. More than conquerors through him who loved us. And that doesn't matter our age if we know him. I find an easy way to keep our, enjoy our life, our lives as believers. An easy way. And that is when God tells us to do something. When God tells us to do anything, do it. And I got to remind myself of that all the time, too. Might be so many different ways. Helping someone along the way. Maybe helping pray and just praying for them and let them know that we care. And to know that, and we don't need to question God. We just need to report for duty. We don't need to question them. Just report for duty. God wants to use your life, Christian. And if you don't know him yet, there's no time like the present. Report for duty and do what he says. He'll never tell you to sin. 
He'll never tell you to do something that's going to, excuse me, that's going to tarnish your testimony as a Christian. So you're safe when you believe God, when you obey God. I close with Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. In verse 2, he says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove when it's a good and acceptable and perfect will of God.